I wanted to do Sorry I Love Him. I, I, I don't believe I remember such a profound and difficult piece, and I don't know if you guys read it. I read it. I wrote it. You. <laughs> I sponsored it. <laughs> okay. Do you mind if I go through it? Not at all. Because I, 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 I think it's really. It was more. It was over the top. It was, and I thought we should just unpack it. So in Parsha, in our Parsha, it says V'yiftach Hashem es piaton. The funny thing is that it was actually written in English, and then he translated it directly into Hebrew. So the English is actually the original version of it. Oh. In this week's Parsha, Balak, the king of Moab, hires Bilam to curse Ben Israel, and Bilam sets out on his donkey. On the way, the donkey sees an angel with a sword standing in the road and refuses to budge. Bilam hits his donkey three times. The donkey then speaks to Bilam. Hashem uncovers Bilam's eyes so he can see what the donkey sees, and the angel tells Bilam to go on, but to say only what he's told to say. Hashem has Bilam bless us instead of cursing us. Now we need to understand what Hashem wanted to teach Bilam through his talking donkey. So, okay. So the Rashi says, and and God opened the the mouth of the, the the ass and said to Bilam, "What have me'asisi lecha? The donkey. This is the donkey. What have I what have I done to you that you have kihikisani zeshalosh regalim? That you have um, that you have hit me these three times. Now." The word should not have been shalosh regolim, but right. shalosh parmim. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Rashi, picking up on the Tanchuma, then adds, Pirish Rashi, Romzolo, the donkey was hinting to Bilom. I'm sorry if it's repetitive. Yeah, I'm very eager to hear. Romzolo, that the donkey was hinting to uh, Bilom. That he knew his intent. So that is Rashi's interpretation. That is, it's nothing to do with the pettiness of whacking me three times, but me as an ass, right, and God is speaking through the ass, says, I know what you're up to. You are trying to la'akor, to uproot Uma, a, a nation, ha'chogeget, that celebrates shalosh regalim b'shanah. So the Sholosh Pa'amim turns in, there's a reason why it didn't say Sholosh Pa'amim, it says Sholosh Regalim, because behind this conversation is God knowing that that's what you're trying to do. Okay. So obviously the question is, why is the the ass focusing on this particular mitzvah of Sholosh Pa'amim? Three times a year, everyone has to be seen by the Almighty, right? In fact, the Gemara and Chagiga says, if you are blind in one of your eyes, you can't go up to Yushalayim. Why? Because just like he has two eyes, you have to have two eyes. Why? 
you have to be seen. Well, you'll be seen by the Rabboni Shalom. He's got two eyes. He doesn't have, he's not blind, right? So you have to have two eyes. It's a very enigmatic piece. I wanted to suggest that what God is demanding is, what's the difference between one eye and two eyes? Stereoscopic vision, meaning a yid has to go beyond the surface. If I just have one eye, I can't see depth perception. I want you to have two eyes, spiritually speaking. Don't come to me with one eye, right? Don't be an art scroller. Have depth perception. Go beyond the surface of whatever. That's what is being asked, right? So why is this Sholosh Regolim? It's all 630 mitzvahs he wanted to uproot, not just this one. What do we learn from this in our Avodah Hashem? What did God want to, to teach us in this particular Rashi on this particular twist of the name hitting me these three times? So the Gemara in Brachas says, Omi Rabbi Abahu ben Sutrai, Omi Rabbi Hud ben Zvita, um, in fact, Pasha's Bollock is mm-hmm. so important. It's such a critical part of our doxology. It's almost as important as Shema Yisrael. And they wanted to include it to fix Pasha's Bollock like we have Pasha's Titus and Vahoyim Shema. These coming from separate parts of the Bible, stitched together. Shema Vahafta, right, from Deuteronomy, Vahoyim Shema, and Pasha's Titus. So why didn't they fix it? Only because it's so long and it would be a tircha de tzibura and we all have to get to work. <laughs> There's just so much we could do. So so we also have to understand, in addition to what we're asking, we have to understand the smicha, uh, the shaychas, the connection between Pasha's Bolok and Kriyashma. To the point where Chazal in the Gemara wanted to put the two together. My gosh, there must be some connection. Shabbat zu chalba shiva asubatamas, and yesterday was shiva asubatamas, yom shibo nishbru luko surishonas. One of the things that happened, one of the things, uh, was that the first set of luchos were destroyed. Vegam yom shenikbaha ir. And, of course, the breached in the walls of Jerusalem was accomplished. Which then heralds the initiation of the destruction of our two temples on this day. So we also have to understand, the third thing we have to understand is, what is the connection between the breaking of the ves- of the luchos vessels, <laughs> the breaking of the luchos shviras aluchos, to the destruction of the temple. And what is the our avoda to fix these inyonim? So we got three inyonim that he sets up. The connection. What's the reason for the sholosh regolim? Uh, for in the, uh, as opposed to all the Tariyag mitzvahs, number one. Number two, what's the connection between this whole Pasha and Kriyashma that Chazal wanted to put together? And number three, why, uh, what is the connection between the breaking of the Luchos and the beginning of the destructions of the temple? Okay, so those are the three questions. And now he's going to weave them together in the most majestic way. 
I don't remember the last time I was so moved by a sorry alofen. And I want to suggest, Reb Ephraim, our rabbi, is saying, in the name of his father, Reb Michal Tversky from Milwaukee. Numbers 20.12, that because you failed to believe in me, um, and to sanctify me, um, to sanctify me in the eyes of Am Yisrael, you'll not bring this congregation into the land that I have given them. Straight quote out of Bamidbar. And so we're going to explain this hitting of the rock instead of speaking to it. And now we're going to dive into a kind of mystical explanation for all of this to tie it all together. So we're not going through Medrash or Remez. We're going straight into So from the Pshat to answer the questions. Kodem chet hetzadas. And this is a very, very Kabbalistic idea, uh, which has to do with the Tzimtzum, the idea of God's contraction in the world. And that the world is comes from the word Olam, comes from the word Helem, to be hidden. So really, everything is hidden in this world. But that's just an apparent hiding it's not a real hiding. From our perspective, God is Olam, Helam, hidden in this world. Kodem however, that's post-sin, uh, before the original sin. The, the observer could see the infinite divine in the whole world. There was no hiding. He was present in the world, and you could see it. And when Adam himself would look at, remember he named the animals, he could see right through the animal what its essence was. When he looked at something in the creation, whether it was inanimate or animate <coughs> or living, the vitality that animated them, their physiology, he was able to see right through it. They were transparent. After the sin, what happened? Something happened, and he doesn't say whether it happened to the creation, the object, or to the subject who's looking, he says, Niskase ha, it was hidden. This light of the divine was hidden. Lakot betocha bria, the elokus was hidden in the bria. Ve'eno niglit, and it was only apparent or revealed. Elolamisha mechapeso sobe emes, for someone who would be seeking it in earnest. Now, subject, object. Is the object hiding the inside, or is the subject blind to the inside? Well, doesn't he First, he says object. He's going to come. He's going to say it, right? He's going to come. He just he said the object. Nitzkaseho elokus. He says it both. He says both. On the one hand, objectively, the uh, the 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 elokus was hidden in the bria, the eno niglet, and not open and revealed. Ela. Unless you started searching for it. So you became blind to it because it was hidden from you. 
Now, Ponty Merlot has completely changed the way we look at the outside world reality. Ponty Merlot is a French analyst, philosopher, and he has suggested that you think that you change and that wall stays the same. The object world out there constantly say, he says, no, it's very fluid. The object out there, the world of objectivity is not objective. That, until recently, we always thought in science, certainly through Newton, right, uh, that, that what I can observe is true. It's the reality. Well, now we realize that there are things I don't observe that are also true, right? He's taking it a step further by saying, those things that you think are true that are observable are also changing. If you and I are both looking at the same wall, does the wall look the same to you and me? or is it No. 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 According to right. him, it's the wall. It's the very wall fluid to the positionality of the observer, and okay. it itself objectively changes. And as it says, after the sin, God had to make them clothes of skin and he dressed them. Genesis 321. Why? Not just them, not their, not their, just their genitals, but the entire world became covered with kosnas or with a covering of skin-like material, opaque, so you couldn't see through it. It says in the Gemara, in the Torah of Rabbi Meir, that word or is with an aleph, not with an ayin. And he dressed them in kosnas or translucency. He made them translucency. He dressed them in hide. <laughs> yes, in hide. But he says, no, it dressed them in light. Kosnas or, mechase, the skin hides, umastir, covers and hides, or that which was revealed before the sin. And that's the way it stayed until the national revelation. And that the revelation of the Harsinai, what was revealed, not just the letters of the Torah, not just the Tariyak mitzvahs, God completely ripped open the Elyonim so that the Tachtonim can see the Elyonim. He ripped open the skies, the spiritual elements of the creation, his Elokus, so that those down below could see. And he showed the Israelites, She'ein od milvado. Oh, what a technical term. Ein od milvado. It's come straight out of Deuteronomy, but it becomes a... Kabbalistic term for whether God is transcendent or whether he's imminent or whether he's both or whether he's beyond imminence. This whole dialectic, both in Jewish philosophy and in Kabbalah, as to the definition of the Tzimtzum, when he was Metzamtzim himself, because how could you have infinite and finite at the same time? So for different Kabbalists, it meant different things. From Israel of Girona, uh, the teacher of the Ramban, uh, the infinite, by definition, has to have a little bit of it that's finite. Otherwise, it wouldn't be infinite. Okay, that's cute. That's language games. Others, the whole machlokas between the Vilna Gaon and the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, whether the symptom should be taken literally or figuratively, to say that God is here is pantheistic. God is in a piece of wood that's pantheistic. 
So then Shalom came up with this term that was used by uh, uh, philosophers 100 years before him called panentheism. There's pantheism. God is in the world and contained by the world, but not beyond the world. Or God is panentheist. He is contained in the world, but he's also beyond. What Chabad would say, sovev kol almin, v'mamale kol almin. This whole machlokas comes down to the definition of ein od milvado. There's nothing else but him. Nothing else but him, meaning the world that he created is him. Is the bubble outside the big bubble or is it inside the big bubble? These questions come up when he says she'ein od milvado. Clearly the Rebbe is saying in this context, ein od milvado means that whatever you think is separate from the divine is an illusion. And at Har Sinai, I was able to reveal to you the elokus that's in the Gashmias, in the world. That's the term in Deuteronomy 4.35. The Chazru Yisrael, so Am Yisrael now returned to that Edenic uh, visual acuity that Adam had before the sin. Liros Mitzioso Yisvorach Betoch to see the Mitzias, the reality of God in the creation. Kamo Odom Arishon, Kodem Hachet, like Odom Arishon before the sin. So we have a kind of dialectic in Jewish history of in the Kabbalistic universe, right? Adam, before the sin, can see the elokus in the physical world. Adam, after the sin, cannot, only those who search for it. And now the whole nation on the national level comes back to that wonderful pre-Edenic knowledge. What a startling thing. So he calls this hitgalut of the Rebona Shalolom in the world, luchos rishonos. The first set of tablets. So the tablets aren't just a piece of marble, and they're not just the Ten Commandments, and they're not just Kolatora Kulo and all everything that else would be one day revealed according to the Medrash, but they are a cipher for a set of spectacles. I'm giving you Luchos Roshonos to put on, and now you can see right through the Gashmias into the Elokus in everything. That's Luchos Roshonos. Kemosha Omar Kosov. Why didn't Adam die? Luchos of Evan Ketuvim Be'etzvelakim. It said they were written with the finger of God. Exodus 31:18. Dahainu Shenitgale Le'enehem Shel Yisrael Ba'osa Mamad. What is it? Luchos Evan. I didn't need to be told that they're made of stone. Just say Luchos. Oh, Luchos Evan. That Shekol Evan Betocha Bria Kotov Vachotom Etzvelakim. Not just that one, but that became a cipher or a representative of what? Every stone in the world, every created stone is Chatum, sealed with the Etzvelakim, with the finger of God. It was a point of, you would think that the lowest point of denominator, yeah, I can think a flower has elokos, a, a plant, an animal, a mechai, something speaking, but a stone? So he's saying, Luchos Evan, I want to show you that it goes so far that even in an inanimate piece of rock, is written Onochi Hashem Elokecha. Onochi Hashem Elokecha. Lo Yehilochei Elohim So that's the state of being until Cheta Egel.
till the sin of the golden calf. Very short-lived. And now Moses comes down the mountain. He sees the golden calf. What does he understand from that? If Am Yisrael is going to have this false perception of Elokus, meaning there are four animals supporting the chariot, the Nesha, the lion, right, the calf, and a, and a man, and, and they're going to reduce their vision just to the calf? Oh my gosh! If I, if, if the Am Yisrael can sin... Whilst the Metzias of Elokus is present to them with these spectacles, Hare Yigdal HaKitrug, something bad is going to happen. So the Kitrug means the forces of the dark side will have hegemony. But if I'm exposing myself to his Galus Elokus, I'm also exposing myself to the Kitzonim, the dark forces. I have to do something, Moshe, to stop that from happening because that will affect the divine. Oh, Umutov. So it's better, he's making this calculation. Let them make the mistake, the visual error of not seeing him in the real world. Rather than making a mistake when they can see him in the world. It's a theological decision he made. Better you go blind to the presence of God in the world then make an error as to his greatness and say it's just a calf. It's a quarter of what it is. That was a, a strategic decision that he made on his own. So he breaks the tablets because he's breaking that visual acuity to see Elokus in even a stone because of that moral calculation. But they haven't been able to see that because he hasn't presented the stones to them. Yet. Well, the, the implication here is the moment it was written by Etzbel Akim, they automatically they got that vision, yes. So what about when Hashem spoke to them before this all happened? Didn't, wasn't everything revealed at that particular point? Yeah. Right. So does it, that, that, must, that, goes that was before. No, that was before. Right. Before the sin. Right. That went away. That went away. That went away. Hashem stopped speaking. Correct. Because Moses himself, when he recounts the breaking of the tablets in Deuteronomy 9, 17, he said, the Ashbarim, and I smashed them, before your eyes. Unbelievable way of reading it. I didn't break them in front of you. Why did it say in front of your eyes? Obviously, you could see it. I came down the mountain. You saw me coming down the mountain. You saw me break them. Why do I have to say the word before your very eyes? It wasn't that I broke them before your very eyes. Broke I actually eyes. broke your eyes. Mm. I made you blind. <laughs> he broke that visual acuity. <laughs> no longer will we be able to see Elokus in the Bria. It's a stunning interpretation. And now everything reverts to this hiddenness of the divine in the creation. Just like after the fall of man. 
And so it turns out, because in fact, so in fact, the luchos rishonos were never broken. How could you break the luchos? The only thing that was broken is, why? Because God is still in the universe. Out there, the objective reality is still there. Of course he's there in the stone. So then the luchos weren't broken. Ella, Masha Nishba, what was broken? Hu Ainaim Shalanu, the positionality of the observer, the acuity of the observer to see the divine in the world. It's so deeply psychological. That's why I asked him yesterday. Your, your father did a degree in psychology. Did it affect him? It's so psychological. It's about perception. It's all about me. It's not about reality. Reality hasn't changed. The luchos haven't been broken. How could they be broken? The world would cease to exist if they were broken. And my father continued. God then, after giving us the Torah, still wanted to give us the opportunity to fix this. To see it like before. Alkain Omar Hashem Lemoshe. So now comes the famous event at the rock. I'm going to give you another opportunity to fix their visual acuity at the rock. Wait, what happens to the broken stones that are now placed in the in the aura? That, um, that's a medrash that he's not discussing. He's talking al pisor. That's what I'm saying. He didn't go through medrash. Okay. So he's giving him now an opportunity with the rocks to lahair einehem to enlighten their eyes. Shall you show? Shafilu even doimim, like this stupid rock that is completely dumb and silent and inanimate. Katuv v'chatum beetzol. So I want you to show them that even that katuv written and signed with the etzperlokim. Kivin shehikers asela, but Moshe struck the rock. Avadet, he lost the opportunity. And that's why it says, when God says to him, you will not go into the land because you didn't have faith in me. It could have said, in front of the eyes to sanctify me, meaning to sanctify me with the eyes of Bnei Israel. You didn't sanctify their eyes. New definition of Kedusha. My Kedusha is the ability to which I can recalibrate my visual acuity to see the Elokus out there in everything. You didn't give me the opportunity. You didn't sanctify their eyes. Wow. And now it goes according to my, I think this is Ephraim's now carrying on stretching his muscle. Mm. So Shiva Asa Batamas, which is the breach in the wall, the breaking of the first Luchos, is the memorial that we do every year on the Shviras Einayim. What an amazing term. Mm. The breaking of our eyesight. 
Yom Shenista Venichse Orho Elokus Mitonor, the day in which the light of the divine was hidden and covered up from us. Shein Ono Yecholim Liroso. Now we can't go up to Hartz Zion. We can't go up three times a year to be seen. Al Yedei Yegiyas Vechipus Koroi, like we would normally to be seen, meaning that the three Shalosh Regolim are times where we polish our eyes to see the world through his perspective. That's the function of being seen by the Rabboni That is the essence of the destruction. Why? Because it says, It says in Deuteronomy 16, 16, that three times a year, every male should be seen the face of God in the place he shall choose. And Chazal say, in the command Chagiga, Kashem Sheba Liros, Kachba Leiros, just like you go to see him, you are being seen. Leiros in the in the Nifal, being seen by God. Cheskulas Alias Laregel, the whole function of that going up the Aliyah to the Beis Amikdash was to keep polishing, fixing the eyes. What is it? I don't understand the being seen. What was the turning around? You're trying to fix our eyes so we see. So what Hashem's fixing is his eyes. No, we us. need to be seen by him for us to That's have our, our eyes fixed. fixed. You need to go to the ophthalmologist. You can't get your eyes fixed unless you go to the ophthalmologist and he looks at you. He's got to see the eyes to fix them. We lost all that. And when Bollock sees B'nai Yisrael, the whole new spin on Bollock. Bollock is not coming just to curse. He comes to realize something very profound. He says, this is the only people that are searching for the Elokus in the Bria. He spun it completely round to this idea of Enod Milvado. Mm. And even Bollock's purpose is then, And he realizes that they are trying to come out from that covering of the hide, as you call it, from not seeing the world. Asfas Emes says, on that posuk that this people that came out of Mitzrayim are covering the Ein Ha'oretz, Ein Ha'oretz, meaning the eye of the land, meaning the Svasemes, Sheim Echasemes Einom Ha'artsi Milestakeles Atzus V'chitam. Svasemes beautifully says he's trying to, that they are trying to cover their earthly eyes, their physical eyes, their optics, so that they're covering that so that they can see with their third eye. They can see with their spiritual eye the, uh, um, the, 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 to see the world with the godly eye. Liros es ha-elokus betoch The He couldn't stand that. Then he goes on. As we see in our world, that the Olam Achovshi Yecholim Lisbol Hashkofos Yehudim Achari. Why do you have to say Acharidim? Why did you have to translate that? That the world can't stand the Hashkofa, the philosophy of the Jewish Haredim, the Haredi Jews. What about the regular Jews like us? That's what he said. And they can't stand that we resist 
their view of the world as only the uh, surface without the depth. And then what about the ass episode of the donkey? Mm-hmm. The ass, when he saw Elokus, he went from side to side. He could see it. But Bilam couldn't understand what you what are you swerving like this? And he smacks him. The moment that God opened the eyes of Bilam to see what the very ass could see, he understood his ass. Now he said, I know your game. I know why you are and what you hate about the Yidden. Because you're jealous. Again, psychological. You can't see what they can see. They can see through the Ene Gashmis into the Ene Rukhna. You can't. And that's driving you nuts and you want to curse them. They have the ability to see the truth and the divine in the Bria. And had he only seen what they could see, he wouldn't want to curse them, but bless them. Again, a psychological motive that he's impugning to Bilam and explaining why he is the switcheroo. Because the moment he can see what they can see, oh my God, finally he's seen what Adam can see. That explains why you are trying to uproot from Amisra the ability these three times, no, these three foot festivals. You're trying to uproot them going up to be seen so that they can see the Bria three times a year with those spiritual eyes. And that's why we cover our eyes. When we say Shema Yisrael, Ki b'shah she'onu me'idim al Yichud Hashem, rotsim onu le'istakel ala oilam be'enei ha'elokim. We are actually covering up our physical eyes and we're seeing the world for that second as we say Shema Yisrael with godly eyes. K'day she'nucha liros heich kol even domim tzachmeh kosel chazvelokim. So we can see that every stone inanimate in that moment is filled with godliness. Al-kein rotsu chazal likpoh pashas bolo b'kriyashma. That's why... But Chazal wanted to put Pasha's Bolok with Kriyashma. Why? Because they wanted us to have that visual acuity when we say the Shema. Because both the Kriyashma and the Pasha of Bolok have something in common. How to see the world with godly eyes. Hayo, today, Shiva's This was the day that commemorated the breaking of the Luchos, he finishes up. Both the breaking of the first la tablets and the destruction of the temple is the ability, uh, taking away the ability to see at Ein Ha'aretz, the Arceus with spiritual eyes, and to search for the finger of God in every inanimate thing in the creation. May it be thy will that we should be able to fix those broken tablets which are our broken eyes. So we could be able to see the divine in everything in 
the world with the aspect of those first luchos, when the world will be filled with the knowledge of God, like before the sin, 